Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today I've got Ben Brochu of Shadow Valley Outfitters on the line. Ben, how are you? Very well. How about yourself, Jay? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to talking to you a little bit about uh, the deer deadline that we have coming up in June 6th here, I guess next Tuesday. Um, and, uh, you know, it's application season and, you know, we've had a, a wet winter. Um, it's a pretty exciting time to be a deer hunter, um, and I'm looking forward to chatting with you to get your take on how things look out there on the landscape. Yeah, for sure. We're we're very excited. I think a lot of people are excited in Arizona, both residents and non-residents, with a bunch of bonus points, and um, things are looking great. <clears throat> yeah, uh, before we get into that, uh, for those listeners that uh, don't know Ben, I first met Ben when he was with the Arizona Game and Fish Department, um, and Ben can you know, fill you guys in on this, but he was with the Game and Fish Department for many years and um, was doing a lot of the helicopter surveys and was, a, uh, I believe, in charge of several units um, down in southern Arizona. And um, I believe you're a firefighter now, right, Ben? That's correct. I now work for Tucson Fire. I, I made the jump uh, all back in 2016, I guess. And, um, you know, for me, it was a, more opportunities both professionally and personally. And, and uh, you know, I was still in the public safety retirement, so I didn't lose any time in that regard. And um, it's afforded me a lot, lots of different opportunities and and flexibility uh so it, it's been great and more time off to uh scout and and take people hunting uh you have done a really good job with the shadow valley um guys uh you know pat and bob and and you have, have formed a really nice company and do a really good job um i want to kind of tackle uh, into some of these uh, southern Arizona units, some of the central Arizona units, um, and talk mostly about coos deer since that's your bread and butter, um, and, and some mule deer as well. But um, first, of all, first of all, how are things looking out there on the landscape as far as uh, vegetation, moisture, um, you know, expectations for antler growth? Uh, and such from what you see with the data and the variables that you have right in front of you. Yeah, for sure. And uh, again, <clears throat> much appreciated for everything. Uh, everything's looking tremendous. I mean, from the north end of the state to the south end, we've had um, we've had back-to-back great monsoons um, up until now. We've had this year great uh, winter rainfall, great spring rain. Um, and even here recently, kind of middle of May, we had, you know, upwards of a half an inch in different spots throughout the state. Um, and, uh, which, you know, generally is, um, May is typically the driest month of the year in Arizona. So it, it, it comes at a perfect time. And if we just have an average monsoon, I mean, we're going to be tremendous and we're already going to be great for elk in Northern Arizona mule deer. I mean, things are looking awesome on the north room right now there's they're still dealing with snowpack you know for buffalo hunters and stuff like that so um yeah we're really excited about this year and uh for all species you know not just coos deer ben for those people listening um 
you know, maybe from out of state, they don't realize that, you know, May and June typically, like you said, are our driest months. But I mean, when you're talking in Arizona and you're talking the driest month in Arizona, it's really dry compared to most other places. And when you say that we've actually had some sh May showers, um, if it's any indication of what the monsoon might be, that's that's fantastic. But mon or, uh, May showers, you know, it actually gets those those deer, their body condition, a half an inch of rain can mean a whole lot, I guess is where I'm going with this, where other people think a half inch of rain is nothing. For the Arizona deserts to get a half an inch of rain in May, where those deer are dropping their antlers, they're, they're able to find some green feed and, you know, get their body in good condition prior to them growing, how much impact do you think that's going to have on antler growth? Oh, it's going to have a, a tremendous impact on antler growth, on overall body condition, uh, you know, reproductive capability uh, and success and, um, you know, the rut later on too this year. Um, you know, generally speaking, we'll have the winter and spring rains up until March and maybe April around Easter weekend. And then it's, it's typically dry up until around the 4th of July, you know, and in June we'll see temperatures around the Southern and central part of the state upwards of a hundred to 115 in Phoenix. And uh, so during that time, that vegetation gets super dry, you know, and um, deer, especially mule deer, you know, will <clears throat> feed on those different, those different uh, uh, plant plants throughout the year or that summer period, you know, going from like choy jump, uh, chain fruit choya to mesquite when it's blooming and then palaverde when it's blooming and and uh, some of the saguaro fruits and different things. And so when we've got rain in, in May like this, what, what we've had, you get that little green up as a result of that. And it really, it really goes a long ways for these these desert adapted species like uh, desert mule deer, coos deer, desert sheep, things like that. When you, I, have you looked at the models, um, and I know they're not always accurate, but I have not seen the projected um, monsoon flow or, or you know, any projected models. Um, have you looked at it to see if it's supposed to be below or above or average? I haven't, and I haven't seen anything that, that suggests you know, anything extreme, um, whether it's a La Nina or El Nino type setup or anything like that. Um, from what I've heard, all indications are was that it's, you know, kind of an average year, but nothing extreme at all um, that I've seen. So, you know, again, that's great news uh, from our regard. So, uh, I know on uh, Shadow Valley's Instagram, uh, you guys put out, and I think you have a newsletter too or something that you put out, and you basically talk about um, the different units for coos deer and for desert mule deer that you like. Um, and I think you even kind of rank them from, you know, best to worst. I think you even rank them from, you know, people that don't have mobility to, you know, people that are can, you know, really go and kind of give suggestions on, on units I, I believe you're also, you know, using tag numbers and, you know, trending and, you know, different different variables that you're seeing going on in those units. Um, if you would kind of highlight uh, some of those units and, and kind of go through them, 
uh, and, and give some of that data, if you will, so people can kind of hear um, your take on, on the different hunt availabilities and, and, and unit structures? Yeah, for sure. Um, and so this is probably, I don't know, the third or fourth year I've tried to do this. And initially I was trying to rank units, you know, one through 10. In the last two years, I've kind of taken a different approach in that, you know, what I would consider is that, you know, the top 10 units that are trophy potential type units. And then I don't rank them one through 10 anymore. I just list my opinion of the top 10. You're going to have different, you know, differing opinions uh, throughout a lot of different folks around the state. Um, and then I try to break it out into physicality as well. Um, one of the things I've, I've learned over the last few years in talking with lots of hunters, uh, many of which non-resident hunters and in different application services is, you know, you might have a non-resident hunter that literally has 13 to 15 bonus points or something like that, that they want a quality cooster hunt. And when you start talking with them, you know, they might be in their mid seventies. And what I've tried to do is, is really talk with folks and provide personal uh, recommendations based on their physical ability, what they want out of the hunt, uh, their schedule, you know, things like that, so that it's a fun hunt for them. Um, you know, I've seen some folks that have drawn some tags that are in extremely physical units that, generally speaking, are backpack-type units that that's where you're going to be the most successful in, and, you know, and they're in their low to mid-70s and, and really have no business of of hunting a unit like that and they could you they could hunt a flatter unit where there's more deer potentially where they're going to see deer and still have potential at a great buck so um that's been kind of my approach in the last maybe two years or so and <clears throat> and i can go through some of these uh specifically you know in my top 10 and again so this sheet is on our social media page um i think i sent it out a couple weeks ago once you know, the the, the uh, regulations came out and also the um, draw odds and whatnot. And I use Go Hunt for draw odds. Um, and so I'll just kind of go down this list. And again, this is available on our social media platforms. Um, <clears throat> I'll talk about some of the central Arizona units um, that I would regard as, as, as top tier units. Um, unit 6A uh, and units tw in 23 um there have been some tremendous deer killed historically in those two units um and uh you know 6a has got a mix of heavy forest and some more open country so it, it, it's got some country that's very glassable um 23 it has more uh what i would call more forest type um vegetation and you're really banking on deer kind of coming out of the woodwork during the rut in 23 um in 22 uh, as well um versus some of these southern arizona units and in, in, in 6a and a unit like 21 per se so um these central arizona units you may see far fewer deer in those units holding out and looking for a big one um whereas some of these southern arizona units you're going to see a lot of deer you know, and you just have to filter through those to find one you want to harvest. So um, in talking with people, I really try to 
provide some insight in that, um, hey, if you want to hunt 6A, if you want to hunt 23, 22, uh, unit 8, 6B, something like that, you may go a day without even seeing a deer potentially. Um, but your hope, you know, there's a lower deer density in some of those units, but you're searching for a big buck. Um, whereas units in Southern Arizona, you know, you might go through 50 to 100 deer a day um, just trying to find deer. So at least providing people with information that then they can make a decision of, okay, hey, I, I might draw a Southern Arizona unit. I'm going to see a lot of deer. Um, I'm just going to have to filter through those deer for a big buck versus um, I've waited 10 plus years for a tag and I may not see any deer on a central Arizona unit um, hoping for a big buck like that. So as long as folks go into it, you know, making an informed decision, that is what we try to do um, and, and provide recommendations based on those things. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, so 6A and 23, um, uh, 6A has got some very physical component stuff to it, but it's also got some very huntable areas too. Um, so I don't have it labeled as a physical unit per se, even though there are spots in 6A that can be physical. Um, 23, I would consider a very physical unit if you're going to be successful, generally speaking. You know, there's always exceptions, but um, don't expect to see a lot of deer in 23 uh in 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 most areas depending on where you're hunting um and it can be very spotty too in terms of the rut uh sometimes the rut doesn't even kick in until the last week of december or even in january so you know understand that even though these are rut hunts um you may not be seeing some rut activity um but on a year like this where everything is looking great animals are going to be in great physical shape, I would expect a decent rut this year. Um, so, um, and then moving down the list, I've got 27, uh, the next, I mean, 27, since they initiated the archery, the OTC restrictions, um, both for non-residents and for the harvest uh, thresholds, um, some of these units are going to, especially from a mule deer standpoint, but some of these units are going to produce some great deer. Um, you know, like Unit 1 and 27 closed down very early uh, archery OTC last year for mule deer, and that's really going to impact the age class there. So if you're a mule deer hunter, um, you know, you, you're going to see some 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 older age class deer and a lot of those non-traditional um, units separate from the Kaibab and the Strip and so on and so forth. Um, as I go down the list, uh, we get into uh, the Southern Arizona units. So the, those I've got listed on my list are 29, 31, 33, 34A, and then the 36s. Um, I would consider 29, 31, and 33 all very physical hunts, meaning if, you know, generally speaking, to be successful, ideally plan on doing some backpack tile, style hunts uh, or at least doing some day-type day pack-in things where you can get back into some country and find some of those older age class deer that uh, that Joe Public Hunter, you know, on a, on a day trip or a weekend trip may not see or have access to. Um, if, if you're not a very physical hunter, there are some options in those units, but generally speaking, 
if uh, I, I would suggest that you consider something different, like in the 36s, if, if you're not too physical, where um, you have equal numbers of gear, but uh, it's much more huntable um, from near a vehicle or climbing up to high points glassing and, and digging up these gear out of the flat country. Um, but those units, 27, 29, 31, and 33, are all producing some great deer right now. Um, 29, 31, and 33, has they've all had fires relatively recently, too, uh, that, you know, really do a lot of things for deer. Um, in 2019, we had the Bighorn Fire in Unit 33, and it was followed by a super dry monsoon, so we actually lost some deer. Uh, post-fire um, but we've had we've had back-to-back -back monsoons and it's the deer have responded very well um, great great antler growth in 33 uh, same with 31 and 29 I mean we've had some fires in the last uh, five plus years in those units and they continue to produce um, you know 110 plus deer year after year so all three of those I think are great options if you're a physical type hunter one question, uh, Ben, 33 forever has been kind of the crown jewel of Southern Arizona. With that fire and with some deer loss, it definitely took a, took a hit. Do you think it's back to par before the fire, or do, you, or do you think it's even better as far as trophy quality before the fire? Um, where, where do you think we're at in the, in, in the uh, you know, spectrum of, of that? Yeah, for sure. I, so, from a deer number standpoint, we're still growing. Um, we're not we're not where we used to be pre-fire. Um, but the last two years, I've seen you know does with twin fawns. Um, they're surviving. They're doing well. So that that unit is going is exploding right now, and will continue to explode just like what it did back in you know two thousand three, two thousand four, when we had the Bullock and Aspen fire and. It literally, that deer herd in there exploded and they had to create different hunts to be able to put people because biologically they could offer more tags, um, but they were running into hunter crowding and density issues. So um, 33 will continue to improve. Uh, it's not where it was pre-fire from a number standpoint, but uh, from a trophy quality potential uh, it's doing great, and you're going to see a, a year like this, you're going to see some of those younger deer that are going to produce a bunch of antler, um, whereas typically you might have a more mature deer that it takes, you know, they have to get to years six, seven plus to be able to put on some great antler. Now you might have a three and a half, four and a half year old deer with great genetics that's going to, you know, be over that 110 mark. Okay, good stuff. Keep going. Um, and then moving on, uh, 34A is another one on my list, my top 10 list. Uh, 34A has produced um, some great deer historically and will continue to produce some great deer. It's got a mix of kind of low elevation uh, desert, desert grassland up to some pretty high country uh, pine type forests. And... Uh, you know, it's always up there in terms of producing deer. Um, and there's a mix of stuff in 34A as well, where there is some physical type country that you can get into, but there's also some some very huntable country in some mixed uh, 
pinyon juniper and 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 Arizona chaparral type habitat that you know you can get on a high point in glass and just pick that stuff apart and find deer. So um, it's uh, it's doing very good. Uh, and then I, that takes me to the thirty six is thirty six A, B, and C. Uh, all of these units, um, and I would also add, I've had a lot of questions this year about the border traffic and things like that. You know, with all the things we've been hearing on the news. Um, there, there are a lot of, uh, there is a lot of border activity right now. Um, we see folks crossing on a regular basis. We've never had issues whatsoever, but we see that, um, sometimes almost on a daily basis, depending on where you're hunting. So, you know, if that makes you uncomfortable, um, you know, maybe, maybe think elsewhere, but these units have super high deer density, um, They've got a mix of rolling kind of desert grassland into some mesquite and, and ocotillo thickets uh, that those deer will just go into and you just have to dig them up. And they, it, all three of those units produce great deer each and every year. Um, 36C is kind of unique in that on the western side of C, it abuts the Tana Odom Indian Reservation. Uh, so that's always kind of a draw for me in terms of what kind of a deer could come over from the reser reservation. Uh, they don't have much for really anything for game management over there, so um, or even organized hunts per se. So uh, you kind of get some source sink dynamics in that regard from 36C from the reservation. Um, and then 36B, I mean, there's some country in 36B that, uh, again, it abuts the Mexico on the south. Um, super high country in the Tumacacris and then low rolling hills. And uh, I think 36B right now has got the highest deer density of all the southern Arizona units from an acoustic standpoint um, in terms of hunt numbers and things like that. So uh, expect to see a lot of deer and just filter through those deer to try and find a good one. Um, but uh, if, you're, if you're an older hunter and not, not up for backpacking, I would certainly be looking at those 36s, 34, um, some of those units like that. And you're going to see a lot of deer. You're going to have a great time, lots of opportunity, and just, you know, wait for that special one that, that really gets your blood flowing and, and, uh, and go from there. Does that round out your top 10? Yeah, that, that rounds out the top 10. And, you know, I would add... Um, there are a lot of hunts if you're especially a non-resident or even a resident that you just want to hunt there are some tremendous tags that you can get and hunt virtually every year for coos deer if if you want to do that um you know i was listening to another podcast here recently and, and they made a point on there and, and i think it's really accurate and that every coos deer unit in the state has the potential per, to produce you know a boone and crockett type deer um, you have some of these units, though, that historically do better, better than others, whether it's because of genetics, predation, um, feed, you know, a, a number of different factors that all produce great deer. So um, there are a lot of coos deer units that, that, you know, you really can't go wrong in, but generally some of these produce more than others. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, and if you're just after a tag, you can get with 
very few bonus points, if any, you can almost guarantee yourself a coaster tag if you're flexible. If you consider that mid-November type hunt time frame, some of the muzzleloader opportunities are great, um, so on and so forth. Let me let me ask you a question. If if someone calls you and they say, you know, whatever it may be, fifteen points, or I I can draw any tag that any coos deer tag out there. I'm not asking specifically which unit. What I'm asking is if if you know of big deer, is there ever times when you say, listen, you got way too many points for the hunt that I want to take you on, but there's a specific deer that we want to target. And you're guaranteed to draw that. And yes, you'll be burning points. You don't need that many points. But there's a deer that we need to take you in. And there's you know a deer in this unit, a deer in that unit, a deer in this unit. Let's go after some of these October, November hunts. Yes, it's too many points. Yes, you've kind of wasted a few points. But the deer that we'll be going after is worth it. Is that ever a strategy of yours? Yeah, it is all the time. I mean, and... And again, I try to have that conversation with hunters, trying to see what um, you know, what kind of physical shape they're in, what they want out of the hunt, and what they're going to be happy with, you know, and not not feeling, making sure that they're not feeling duped in terms of, hey, I just wasted 15 bonus points on a early October hunt, which you know, a lot of us as residents we really like those early October hunts because you can you can pattern a deer all through the summer and watch them and, you know, have that first crack at a deer um, come October. Um, but we try to have that conversation all the time with folks and, and make sure that whatever they decide to do, that they're doing, you know, making an informed decision, um, that there's no surprises at the end of the day in terms of physicality and whatnot, and, you know, try to build the hunt to, to really fit their goals and objectives and hunting style. Do you feel like, you know, with the pre-scouting that you do, that some of those October hunts are some of the best chances to get some of the best trophies? I mean, if if you had, let's just say you had the, the 15 bonus points that would get you any tag in the state, and you would you lean towards those October hunts just because it's it's a little more calculated and, like you said, you can have them patterned, whereas... You know, some of those December hunts, they might go on a walkabout, and you may you may lose them. Yeah, for sure, and with the right hunter um, all day long, you know, and that's the thing that um, with those early hunts, obviously, like like you mentioned, you can pattern those deer, you can have a, that first crack at them, and typically they're not going to be that far from where they were in those summer months. Whereas December, you know, not only do you risk having another hunter kill them for all the previous hunts. Um, they could move around more. They get into some red activity. They go on walkabouts. Um, you know, there is more potential. But a lot of people like like the idea of hunting deer in the rut, you know. And, and here's the kicker, too, with, with coos deer especially, is sometimes they don't even rut until, you know, in January or even February. Um, right. So when you get that December tag, sometimes it's really no rut most of the time there's not a lot of rut and you've basically let three other hunt structures or hunt dates go in front of you hoping to get a little bit of rut whereas you could take the opposite approach and be like i'm going to hire ben he's been watching this deer all summer we're going to go with the october hunt and try and bang him right out of the right out of the gate yeah no and that's the thing too that i um 
you know, it, it's, it's hard for a hunter sometimes to, to make that decision to forego a possible rut hunt, you know, for an October hunt, if they've been waiting 12, 13, 15 years for a tag, um, you know, but uh, again, having those conversations and let at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's, it's their decision on what they want to do for their app. And all I can do is provide information and, you know, with them to make a good informed decision. Um, knowing that if you sign up for an October hunt, expect to do backpack style hunts, it's going to be potentially hot and miserable. Um, but the reward can be, uh, far better sometimes than even a red hunt. Let me ask you about um, desert mule deer and your thoughts on some of the units out there that, that you would be looking at for, you know, a better mule deer hunt than, than others. Are there any that jump out at you as, you know, a couple of better mule deer units out there? From a desert mule deer standpoint, I assume you're talking about rifle options, right? Yes. Yeah, I think so. You know, a, a year like this where we've had, again, we're leading into great, uh, we've had great monsoon rain the last two years, great uh, winter rain, great spring rain. We had this the, the widespread shower in, in May. Um, antler growth is going to be really good, and, and those mules are going to be healthy throughout the entire state, you know, and, and especially the southern half of the state. Um <clears throat> There's units like, you know, historically 37A, 37B uh, that are kind of the more desert-type units um, that are, are producing some great deer. Uh, 37B is nowhere what it used to be in terms of back in the heyday in the 80s and 90s where they had, you know, over 1,000, 1,500 permits. Um, but it's always producing some really good deer. Um 30A uh, is one of those units, too, that um, you know, there's a lot of potential down there, and it's fairly easy to get those tags, uh, you know, and you just have to sift through um, some of those deer to try and find a special one, um, knowing that, you know, during the rifle hunts in southern Arizona, it's not a red hunt. You know, those deer are typically in the flattest of flat country, uh, and you just have to whether it be glass them up or, you know, whatever your hunting style is, try and try and find those deer, whatever, you know, whatever you, you're looking for in terms of expectations. Um, the 36s right now, 36A, uh, A, B, and C, but um, especially A, I mean, they are a god of mule deer down there right now. Um, so everything is looking really good uh, with the current archery OTC hunting structure. I mean, I think you're going to continue to see those units even improve more as they start to restrict, uh, you know, January wet hunting with, with archery. So, um, yeah, I think, I think any of the, the 36s, the 37s, um, and 38, I, I don't know that you could go wrong with any of those. Um, ben, do you mess with the, um, desert cheap much? Uh, I do. I do a lot. Uh, Talk you know, about of the some units. Of the units you like there. So in southern Arizona, um, I mean, if you can draw a shoot tag anywhere in Arizona, then again, you, you're uh, you're doing very good. And there's 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 trophy potential in every unit. Um, you know, we generally speaking, we specialize in like the silver bells. So that's thirty seven A, thirty 
Arab Ipa, which is 31 and 32. Um, uh, 37B, the, the minerals, um, you know, and some surrounding country too, some, you know, 28 a little bit. Uh, sheep are doing very well right now in all those units. Um, and I was just talking with a gentleman the other day, he's at max points and talking about, you know, what to apply. And in reality, there are a half dozen units that you could not go wrong with that, you know, that again, you're splitting hairs in terms of, um, trying to find that, you know, high seventies, even potential for low eighties type sheep. Um, all those units have that right now. Uh, you know, we killed a sheep that went clinically scored 184, um, in Aravipa last year, I think it was the biggest Mexicana that was killed, um, and that was in Aravipa, 31-32. So, um, Don't you think Aravipa, with the last two monsoon years that we've had, I mean, if we could throw a third monsoon, granted the, the monsoons have been a little late, but they've been fantastic. Um, yeah. The, the gap in, you know, the age rings, the gap of, of, of growth... I think when we look back five, six, seven years from now, I think we're going to see big gaps where those sheep actually really put on some inches, you know, in those, you know, three, four, five, six year yep. ages. And then when we're, you know, killing them at, you know, eight, nine, ten years old. But I, I guess what I'm saying is it's going to be really fun, I think, to look back in about five years to... 21 22 and hopefully 23 monsoon and be able to go look at the growth that that ram put on between those rings yeah no for sure and i think yeah you're gonna see those sheep that have great genetics that just literally take off you know and you'll see the ones with less than great genetics where they kind of just top out but um you know you're gonna see some seven-year-old rams that are you know high 70s even low 80 type sheep um in a lot of these units you know, I mean, 37A right now is producing a god of sheep. You know, it's got three different hunts. Um, you know, with the average goal there, I think a 170 plus is very doable. Um, and even holding out for the mid 70s and even upper 70s too. Um, 3132, again, tremendous potential. You get some sheep coming off the reservation too a little bit. Um, so, uh, great great potential in all these units 28 they added another hunt in 28 so they've got two different hunts there uh both with two tags it's produced some great sheep year after year and will continue to do so um so and even you know western arizona right now too uh the kofa is doing very well 43b um i mean all those units have had great great monsoon rain um have had some great winter rain and so sheep in general in Arizona are doing very, very good. And when you can have a sheep tag in your pocket and, you know, you're talking about trying to hold out for a 170 plus ram, I mean, that's, um, you know, right away your goal is over Boone and Crockett and, you know, that's a special thing, put it that way. For sure. Um, thanks for all of your time. Uh, before we let you go, um, how's the elk looking? What do you think about this year as far as elk? Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, boy, it's going to be tremendous. Again, um, you know, I was talking with uh, uh, James Vine, who's our lead Kaibab guy, and, and everything up north right now. I mean, 
they had like nine days straight of rain with that, that last little May system that went through. Um, uh, my parents live up in the heart of 23 and they had two inches of rain with the last showers that went through. Um, it's going to be great. Um, elk are going to be in, in tremendous shape. I think it's going to be a very, very strong wet and you're going to have, um, some big bulls killed this year for sure. So if you've got an elk tag, um, I think you're a very lucky person. And, you know, if you're a non-resident with an elk tag and, haven't considered hiring a guide yet. Um, this may be the year to do so if you can, you know, if you can afford it. Absolutely. Always love talking to you. I uh, want to give you a chance to let uh, the listeners know how they can reach out uh, and hear from you. Uh, I also want to thank the sponsors, GoHunt.com. Guys, it's Memorial Day weekend. Uh, go to GoHunt.com. Go to the gear shop. There's a bunch of stuff, 50% off. Um, also, they're having their, uh, if you sign up for the Explorer Maps right now and use Memorial 50, um, you actually pay 50 bucks, you get 50 back. Um, it's So it's free. So you can get the Explorer Maps for free. Uh, Kuyu.com, Kuyu Ultralight Hunting, that's the gear that I wear on all my hunts. Go to Kuyu.com to order. Uh, Phonescope.com, use the JScott23 promo code. You're going to get a 10% discount. And then LathropAndSons.com, uh, Lathrop and Sons do the 3D mapping kits for your feet. They've got the custom Synergy footbeds, um, phenomenal boot line. They've got an Elite boot, uh, Mountain Hunter boot, and the Encompass. Uh, all three are fantastic boots. Go to LathropAndSons.com and uh, check them out. Um, Ben, why don't you tell the listeners how they can find out more about you, how they can follow you guys at Shadow Valley, and if they want to reach out to you directly. Yeah, for sure. And again, thank you, Joe. As always, we appreciate it. I enjoyed chat, chatting with you um, as well. And uh, so we've got we've got uh, pages on both Instagram and Facebook on social media. You know, send us a message. Don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, we've got our website, Shadow shadowvalleyoutfitters.com um there's contact numbers there and uh that's probably the best way to get in touch with us so um again if you have any questions you know even wanting to discuss application strategies or whatever it is we're here to help awesome buddy well god bless and look forward to seeing you guys success this fall and i'll be following along and i know others will too and keep up the great work okay awesome thank you jerry i appreciate it all right buddy